0: You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon today we get to learn about some great work happening around the world and especially here in the united states our friends from lutheran braille workers joining us in studio daniel jenkins is president of lutheran braille workers daniel welcome back to the coffee hour thank you for having me back it's good to see you in person with some time here in the studio and share some great stories yes
1: absolutely i love being here with you andy
0: and alongside daniel we have uh, nate paredes he is vice president of finance and operations for lutheran braille workers nate welcome to the coffee
2: hour Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, this is always just a a delightful time to learn more about the work of Braille Workers, our Lutheran Braille Workers, which is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I, I think it's important to identify that when we have RSOs and what does it mean to be an RSO. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Let's start, though, with the need. How many people are blind or visually impaired in the world and in the U.S.
1: Absolutely. It's worldwide about 338 million people who are in the most severe category of visual impairment, what we would call legally to fully blind. Wow. And within the United States in 2023, that number is over 9 million people. Wow. What are some of the things that that perhaps we as
0: sighted people might take for Granted, might not recognize how life changes, especially for someone where that happens midlife. Yes. So what are some of the things that, that we might not think of?
1: Well, I think, and it's a little biased towards us, but just getting a Bible. I mean, mm-hmm. I think for most of us, we take for granted we can go into a store, we can just buy a Bible off the shelf, and we can read it. If somebody were to try to buy a Bible online, it would cost them over $800 for an English Braille Bible. Wow. And 2200 plus for a Spanish Braille Bible. So that's one. Even something as simple as being on a plane. If you ever hear the safety demonstration, look around for your nearest exit. Well, somebody who's blind can't do that. And we just never make those connections until we're actually in this world.
0: Hmm. What about when it comes to the church? How many of those nearly like over 9 million people in the United States, how many are, are have a home
1: church? So it's estimated fewer than 5% of all people in that most severe category, have a home church. In fact, there are estimated fewer than 120 Christian churches in this country who provide intentional outreach to those 9 million people. And, and when we talk about
0: outreach to blind and, and visually impaired, what is that? What What are some of the things that that would make a blind or a visually impaired person more welcome?
1: Well, just even having resources available Mm -hmm. in Braille or in large print, that's something we don't talk enough about either. How many of our senior members can't read the bulletin anymore, can't read a hymnal and need that large print available? Just having that available, knowing how to welcome somebody who is blind into the church, knowing how to go up to them and approach them in a loving way, things of that nature. I mean, it's not something that takes a, a church overhaul but it's just having the awareness the training and the commitment to doing it the right way hmm.
0: so some well, you talked about the, the Bible in Braille being like in, in an English Braille Bible $800 over $800 that's starting ah. wow why what creates such a roadblock or such a hurdle for resources like that
1: well, one English Braille Bible is 37 volumes and about five and a half feet in shelf space. Oy. So you're talking about a lot of paper yeah. being used to make one Bible. And it's the the technology that is used by most organizations for production. It's just, it's very expensive. It's not a common paper. It's very specialized. And so it's a high cost. I mean, that's just the reality. It is a high cost to produce this. Hmm.
0: And you mentioned like the the Spanish Braille Bible would be even over like $2,200. Wow. So then that brings us to what is the work of Lutheran Braille Workers and how are you overcoming these obstacles to resources like that?
1: Well, Lutheran Braille Workers, our mission is to provide the Bible and other Christian materials in Braille and specialized large print completely free of charge to the people who need it. And we've been doing that for over 80 years. We've produced over 15 million volumes, and we've never charged anybody ever to receive these resources. That's,
0: that's a lot. Yes. Compared to <laughs> if you were to buy a resource like that, it would be like $800 yes. to, to do that. So what does it take to make that happen?
1: Well, it takes a lot of God's blessings. Let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, even more than that, we are very blessed. We have over 3,200 volunteers around the country at 102 ministry production centers who give so much of their time, I mean, hours per week, putting together and assembling these resources in Braille and in large print and large print designed for prisoners, and just doing this work so, so committedly. And the churches who also support them as well through space and donated resources and the funds as well.
0: And this is quite the operation That's happening across the country, really. Yes. You've shared we've had the chance to talk about this before, how you go about this. You know, a lot of people think that, oh, it happens in a factory somewhere and but this is really happening across the states through volunteers in churches and other organizations that are coming together. Do you have to know Braille? Like do you have to be able to read Braille in order to Service a volunteer?
1: The beauty of it, you don't. And <laughs> what I love about it too is we have volunteers who are in elementary and middle school who do this. Our oldest volunteer just turned 105 and still does it two hours a week. Wow. It, it's all ages, it's all abilities. And the beauty is our volunteers are putting together the word of God and they're shipping it directly to the recipient. And so does a true form of gospel outreach coming from basements and former schools and <laughs> classrooms and churches all around the country. It's really an incredible ministry.
0: All right, walk us through one of these sites, one of these volunteer sites, and what it looks like from beginning to end, how how a Bible or another resource ends up in the hands of someone who can read it with their hands.
1: Yes. So for Braille specifically, um, each church or center typically does about four to five books, whether it's of the Bible or other books that we have Mm -hmm. zinc plates for. Uh, Each page double-sided has its own separate metal plate. They put a blank piece of paper, run it through a, a press, uh, and then they punch and collate the paper until they have one volume assembled. And so it's an assembly line process. And again, double-sided, but the average book of the Bible is about 75 pages double-sided. And they then package it up after it goes through quality control. So Every single book we produce is inspected by the volunteers and signed off on for quality control. They pack it, put the label on it for the recipient, and it goes to the post office, who thankfully is a major blessing for us. They ship it free of charge. Wow. All right. So
0: it sounds like there's a lot of heavy equipment involved if, there's, if there are plates pressing this. How does it- Tell me more. I'm intrigued.
1: Yes. <laughs> so the actual machine press was designed by our founder's brother in the 50s, and it's still the most efficient system of of being able to do high volume. And there are these thin zinc metal plates that represent each page. And again, a piece of paper is put in. It's put in a jacket that goes through this motorized press, and that's how the page is embossed. So the machine is fairly heavy, about 75 pounds. Each plate, each stack of plates, that's about 10 plates and maybe three, four pounds.
0: Wow. So, how many machines are deployed right now? Uh,
1: over 70. Wow. So, 70 sites? Basically. We have 68 sites, but we have a few that have multiple machines, actually. Oh, because they're super efficient. Yes. And- <laughs> well, and, and what's amazing is that on Tuesday, we're doing a servant event at Concordia University, Irvine. And we actually have 11 presses going that day because we have over 200 students coming through.
0: Wow. Yeah. Nate, you're nodding your head. Have you been to some of the sites?
2: I have. There's one actually in our headquarters in Yucaipa, California. So I've got to know the ladies there and just watch them work and they're listening to music. And it's just a, a beautiful thing that to to see from my office and get to experience that blessing as well. So, so
0: th- th- that paints a nice... Uh, picture for us, the people joyfully doing the the work they've been given to do as yes. volunteers to put the Bible into hands of others. So the the volunteer process is really what enables Lutheran Braille workers to provide these resources free of charge. And and you pointed out that even the postal service will ship them for free. That's amazing. Tell us about the people that receive the materials from Lutheran Braille workers and how it well who who let's start with that who first of all is receiving uh, bibles and other materials from lutheran braille workers
1: well it's it's quite honest it's everybody it's men it's women it's children it's seniors it's all ethnicities all backgrounds visual impairment doesn't respect demographic lines. It affects everybody across the world. And so we're sending it to children in other countries. We're sending it to children here in the United States. And it can go to adults who lost their sight in an accident. It could be with somebody who was born blind. It's just truly whoever needs it. And then especially with our large print, going to seniors who are losing their sight, macular degeneration diabetic retinopathy, glaucoma, cataracts, simple old age, who just need that large print, that's who it's going to as well. Mm -hmm. Well, It's it's amazing that
0: you're able to do this by God's grace with the volunteers that do this and provide this resource. I want to learn more about how these resources, the Bible, and, and what other resources are available through Lutheran Braille Workers in just a moment and some of the stories about how it's made a difference for those who have received it. We'll continue the conversation right here on The Coffee Hour in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Today we're talking with friends from Lutheran Braille Workers, learning about the great work that they're doing with so many volunteers around the country to bring God's Word and other resources into the hands of those who read with their hands through Braille Resources. Now, you mentioned Bible. That's probably the number one resource that that you're providing. What are some of the other resources that Lutheran Braille Workers provides?
1: So in English Braille alone, it's well over 200 titles. English large print, it's now over 250 titles. It's the Lutheran Service Book. It's the Small Catechism. It's Portals of Prayer. It's multiple devotionals, Bible studies, the Project Connect booklets with Luther, from Lutheran Hour Ministries. We just recently brought a number of new titles into production. We have some of the Donna Snow Bible studies through LWML, Time of Grace, some of their materials. Just you name it, and we try to provide it for people who are asking. Mm. How has
0: How have these resources from Lutheran Braille workers made a difference for those who are receiving them?
1: Uh, one of the best examples that I can give, which happened recently, I was on a plane from Oklahoma back to California, and a gentleman came on the plane, young man who was blind with his wife. And they saw my shirt, I was wearing my LBW polo, and they said, you're not from the LBW, are you? And I said, well, what do you mean by the LBW? But it turns out he was a minor league baseball prospect who fast-tracked probably to the major leagues. He was involved in a car accident, and it took his sight. And he spent weeks in the hospital. His wife was reading to him from the Bible every day. When he got out, he began learning braille. And one day he told his teacher, I would love to have a Bible I could read instead of my wife reading to me. And the teacher said, well, great. There's this organization out in California. They'll send you one. So he got it. And he said that when he opened up his first book of the Bible and he began reading it, he felt the strength of God come back into him and he knew he could go on with his life. And just from having that Bible. And he said the only reason he was keeping going was for his wife. He didn't think he could do it himself. And so just reading God's word reminded him God's strength was coming back to him. It wasn't on his own. And that's just, that's one example of just how powerful this is. So is he telling you the story on the flight? Yes. Were you crying through the whole flight? Absolutely. I'm crying now, telling it again. And so was everybody around us, by the way, because it's not like we were quiet. I mean, everyone's listening in and just tears streaming down faces, but These are the stories, and this isn't an exaggeration. We hear this every week. We get letters every week, email messages, Facebook messages from people who say literally their life has been changed just because they now have access to the Bible, and they have access to the Word of God. They have access to the hope we find in Christ that they didn't have before.
0: Now, we do a lot of work here at KFUO to provide God's Word for people to hear it. Yes. How does having the opportunity to read, the like, we're thankful that we can reach so many people, whether they can see or not, but having the chance to actually read for themselves, how does that make a difference?
1: Well, our our new director of outreach, uh, Brooke Pernice, who is actually blind, I think she best said it. She said there is something about reading God's word for yourself and not having to rely on somebody else's voice to bring it to you. And I always think about, I'm not the smartest man in the world. If I'm struggling with the Bible verse, how powerful is it for me sometimes just to read it over and over and over, trying to understand how the Holy Spirit's, the meaning is working through me. And I think it's the same for somebody who's blind. They get to read that passage over and over and over again. And one example is we had a young lady come up to us at the National Federation of the Blind Convention, probably early 30s, and she asked for a set of the Psalms, which we had. And I asked if she had had it before, and she said, oh, no, this is my third set. She had worn <laughs> down the dots from her previous two just because she read the Psalms every day for comfort. And I'm thinking, well, how many Bibles have I ever worn out by reading it? It, it was very powerful.
0: Wow. Goodness. Tell me more of those who have been, <laughs> who've received resources from yes. the Braille Workers.
1: One that really affected us affected me personally was a lady we met at another convention, National Federation of the Blind. Um, She came up to our table, 38 years old, losing her eyesight. And she said her greatest fear about losing her eyesight was that if she couldn't read the Bible, God was going to stop loving her. And she needed large print already. And we said we gave her the first set of large print books and she began crying. And then when we told her, when she lost her sight and learned Braille, we had a free Bible ready and waiting for her. In the middle of this convention hall, I mean, hundreds of people around us, she shouted out, God still loves me. And I think that just encapsulates exactly what this ministry means to people. It's that reminder that God loves them still.
0: Mm-hmm. There, I'm sure, I know you have more stories, yes. but tell us more about... The people it, we got a little bit of a, an idea of the the volunteers that, that make this up. Tell us about the volunteers and the process of becoming a volunteer, becoming a, a site to help produce the materials, so that more people like the the stories that you've shared can yes. continue to receive God's word.
1: Well, even in today's age, the demand for Braille, the demand for large print, is continuing to grow. Actually, and fewer organizations are doing this work. So right now, our The demand for our resources is outstripping our production capacity. So we are looking for more volunteers. We're looking for more churches willing to do it. The number one way is if you are near a center and you just want to volunteer, reach out directly to the church or reach out to us at headquarters. We'll connect you with the leader. Most of our centers are always looking for new volunteers. If your church is interested in hosting a site, reach out to us. We will walk alongside you through the process every step of the way of opening up a ministry production center at your church, whether it's Braille, large print, prison large print. We help you get the equipment. We help you recruit the volunteers. The funding, we get a lot of support for funding from donors, LWML groups that help offset costs. We just need people ready and willing to do this work.
0: What kind of space does a church or a group need to have in order to do this kind of volunteer?
1: So not not a lot actually. I mean there's some places that have their own room that's huge and it's wonderful. And quite frankly, it's beautiful. We have some churches, though, they pull out about five tables out, of, and then they pull their stuff out of a closet and they pack it up and it takes a 10 by 10 foot space. So we really have yet to find a church we haven't been able to work with in terms of space. So it's anybody who just really has a heart for this ministry. God usually provides a solution. And how
0: often do most of the groups meet to do this work?
1: Yeah. It, you know, the the funny part is we have 102 centers and there's 102 ways that they do things. <laughs> some meet once a month. We have some volunteers who come in twice a week. We have some volunteers who do 40 hours a week. It really just depends on their heart and how much they love the ministry and what they're able to do. But most of our groups, we ask people, if you can join a group and meet once a month for two to four hours, you're already going to be reaching probably six to 10 people a month just through that. Wow. So how do I
0: find out if there's a center near me where I can volunteer?
1: Yes. So the best way to find out about our centers or to request information or ask how to do it, our website, lbwloveworks.org, or give us a call at our headquarters, which is 909-795-8977. And we would love to just talk to anybody who has a heart for this ministry. You've given us
0: the the website, the phone number, and we'll we'll try to include those again as well. What do I need to know as a volunteer? Like, do I have to have any certain skills to be a volunteer?
1: (laughs) You have to have a heart for serving others. That's your skill. That's the skill set to bring to the table is just a desire to provide a quality product. But knowing it's going to reach somebody who otherwise likely doesn't have access to the word of God.
0: Starting a new group, a new site... How many? typically how many volunteers for a minimum and then I, I would imagine you could have as many as you yes. could imagine but w- what's a good minimum to start with if so you have to start with a minimum?
1: We usually ask churches to have 12 to 15 people interested, signed up interested mm-hmm. uh, Braille takes about eight, average eight people per group some centers do a little less, some do a little more large prints about three to five but we usually want at least 12 to 15 people signed up as interested in doing this I think earlier you mentioned prison versions as well. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so there is a huge need for large print resources within prisons, and nobody else in the country produces it for free. And it's not Braille. If someone in prison is completely blind, they can usually get Braille access. But if they're low vision, which it's the third most reported disability in prisons, is vision impairment, often the only Bible they're still given is that tiny 8-point and they can't read it; they struggle with it. So we provide Bibles that are designed for prisons. We work with other organizations on Bible studies designed for prisons. And actually, one of our most requested items by chaplains is the small catechism that they take into prisons and use for education.
0: What is the what's the uniqueness of resources for um, prisons?
1: So our standard Braille and large print uses a plastic comb binding. Our prison uses a tape bound. A uh, paper tape binding.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. So, and what's the demand for those resources today? You said that there, there's quite a demand.
1: So, just to give an idea, last from last year to this year, it's been about a 3,200% increase in orders. Say that again? A 3,200% increase in orders for English large print. And this year alone, to date, we've received orders for over 1,000 Spanish large prison, large print Bibles, and we don't even produce that yet. And people are asking for it.
0: Well, you've got your work cut out for you. (laughs) (laughs) So how many more sites do you need to make that happen?
1: We've been looking at it, I mean, honestly, probably another 10 to 20 sites in the next few years, realistically, is what we're going to need just to stop the um, deficit of what's being ordered versus production. Mm
0: Now, obviously, it takes materials as well. I mean, volunteers are certainly a valuable resource, but materials, how does that happen? Because somebody's got to fund that, right? Yes. Is this this a question for Nate?
2: (laughs) It can be. (laughs) So one of the ways that we generate funding is we're fully donor-supported. We don't receive any government funding, and Daniel's been working with various foundations that have really... They're bought into our mission and vision, and they've been tremendous partners with financing our operations, you know, helping us get the paper. We've had a lot of organizations who have put money together to purchase equipment that we use at the headquarters. So there's really a vast amount of support in various ways and... Daniel, you want to
1: add to that? Well, I, I think we definitely need to recognize LWML, for example, has been just an ongoing, amazing supporter. And I just go back to the point, we do not sell anything. Everything is given away completely free of charge. So we have to have donors who support us financially to purchase the paper, to purchase the boxes, and to make sure that this ministry continues so people have access to the Word of God.
0: Very good. What else, anything else you want us to know about Lutheran Braille Workers today as we wrap up our time together?
1: Well, I'll I'll make it a teaser. Hopefully you'll have us back. But there's actually a whole other component we haven't talked about, which is our outreach, the intentional outreach that is being done by LBW into communities around the country. And hopefully that's a discussion we can have in the future. All right. Give us a little bit more about outreach. So we actually have churches who host groups of people who are blind or visually impaired and do Bible study and lunches and help with job training or other areas, because this is truly not an underserved population in this country. It's really a basically forgotten population so having that intentional outreach in the small group ministry uh, that's something that's also very unique to lbw
0: very good well hopefully we can talk more about that again in the future our guest today daniel jenkins president lutheran braille workers daniel great to have you back thank you for having us and nate paredes vice president of finance and operations for lutheran braille workers thank you so much for being my guest
2: yes thank you
0: website one more time before we go
1: lbwloveworks.org
0: very good you can find out more there at lbwloveworks.org you've been listening to the coffee hour i'm Andy bates